All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again, as always, in the Blockhouse. Beautiful summer weather for Music Video Month. Kelly. Yes. We're right in the middle of it. How is it going so far? It's 80s-tacular. So, <laughs> so wonderful. And we are here today to talk about Bob Dylan. Yeah. We're here today to talk about songs he's made music videos to. Wow. Now, this is not going to be the music video portion. Uh, famously, instead of doing it every week, we're saving it all for one big outdoor extravaganza. Because we're very busy. Very busy. And we want to do an outdoor show again. And we can't really do an outdoor show for every one of them. Our fans know? demand it, but we gotta, you gotta, can't always give them what they want. Right. Because then it's not special. Exactly. So we're gonna, we're gonna get a big spread, get a bunch of drinks. We're gonna hang out outside with the buses and the dogs. And kids screaming because they're playing in their fountains. It's going to be awesome. So stay tuned for that. But we're right in the middle of the month and we are talking about Bob Dylan. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the move in rugby following a scrum in which the number eight catches the ball and transfers it to the number nine. Whoa. And this week, we listen to When the Night Comes Falling from the Sky. Is everybody named Off of Empire The same number? What if you didn't have a number? I guess you probably have. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's the end of the chase, and the moon is high. It don't matter who loves who. Either you love me, or I love you. When the night comes falling from the sky. Very specific thing. What a very specific thing. Anyways. All right, Kelly, we spent the entire week listening to a song we've actually heard before, episode 66. If you want to go back and listen to, and I don't encourage it, Empire Burlesque <laughs> when, we, when we listen to all of that. That was last year. That was pretty much this time last year. Um, you've already kind of talked about it a little bit. We're not going to dredge up stuff from the past, but if we do, it'll be right here. Uh, give me strong... I need a hero vibes, strong loves the battlefield vibes, or just those synth drums coming at you. Mm-hmm. But is that bad? Those songs are no. so bad. No, see, and that's why, like, th- this song I, I gave a little bit of a break because it, it went from this is like, if you really stop thinking that it's Bob Dylan, and like, if, if it, when his voice is not there, I, I can really let it happen. Like, this is just another fun, dramatic 80s synth song. And the the themes of I'm Sad, Take Me Back is very much there. But in my head, it got turned into a cinematic, like, we're having a battle on horseback something thing, like, ha- is happening. Like, there's more... Because it went so far in that direction, yeah. that it made it more of a scene. Like, it made it more of, like, this is this is the, that theme of I'm Sad, Take Me Back taken to, like, a medieval setting. Yeah, uh, this is sort of an unprecedented step for the podcast, so bear with us. But I also put... The, uh, the bootleg series volume one through three version on there right after this. That was the version that was recorded with these three band members, uh, Steve Vincent and Roy Bitten on piano. What did you think about that version compared to the Empire of the Last version? So I think listening to them back to back might have actually been a detriment because I was in that mode of like, no, this is like a campy, almost ridiculous synth love battle song. Uh, and then to make it a, a rock song, which it, it just it didn't I didn't like it I didn't like it in a different way like I, I didn't like either of them but I don't know I think this song 
by itself as a standalone song is a better song than that one but listening to one right after another just because my head was in that space I was like you've taken away all of the campiness of it and left me now with the lyrics bare and the lyrics aren't that great okay mm-hmm. Love is a Battlefield is a great way to think about it the campiness is a great way yeah. you don't want to eliminate the campiness from the song if if you want it to remain a campy song like removing that doesn't make it automatically a dramatic song it makes it it could make it a bad song because I think that's what it takes it for me out of like a subjective I like this music or I don't like if you don't like synth pop you don't like it that's that's fine um, but now I have to now I'm confronted with the song itself yeah. because it's now I because the way we talk about music we break it down in a couple ways we break it down musically the merits of that and just also subjectively and culturally like what we bring all that stuff into it so if I'm just taking this on the face of it it's a ridiculous campy song I don't have to go into it like that I don't have to deep like get into the minutia of, of the musicians and what's going on in the song because yeah. I don't care because it's obviously not that good it's true. but now it's like oh now it's a rock song there's people actually playing instruments not that they weren't before no 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 but well, like uh... before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I guess that's a fair that's a fair point it's hard to to do that too when you're listening to a full album uh, <laughs> this one like my I mean I two thumbs have fallen off at this point oh they're, man they're gone no they're gone whereas I think that the E Street version is excellent and that might just again be sort of a street I enjoy that but I think that the song is um, I do like the lyrics of it and I think as we delve into it in the future um, we can get deeper into them oh no I must have blocked this all from my memory because I have no video evidence that you (laughs) audio evidence that you definitely heard it yeah didn't sound familiar even a little bit that's fair I will say that the song grew on me I actually enjoyed it listening to it today which which one it's very important for me to know which one you actually enjoyed. You see, okay, so when I first started listening, I enjoyed the bootleg one more. I thought that was better because we get rid of all the synth correct stuff. Answer, correct yeah, answer. No, I've changed. I've changed. I've got to turn 180 and I uh, right. I like the uh, Empire Less version better. I mean, cause I mean, so you start hearing those synths and you're just like... Because get, if you're going to do get, it, get, get, do get. it. Give me all the fucking garbage of the 80s. If you're going to go dip your toe in, you might as well go I mean, swimming. And, and for what it's worth, it fucking went swimming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really bad. I mean, or really good. So, but it's really 80s. That's why I no feel like the, the bootleg one is like still a bad 80s song, but then like they didn't even do the fun part, which is being so bad it's like campy and interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, that's my initial thoughts. So you actually found yourself enjoying it this week. I mean, this was a week where I was kind of hit and miss. I didn't know if I would actually care but I, I actually do like this song i think that it's a highlight of the 80s yeah not so much the, the empire burlesque version but definitely the other version against all odds i do enjoy it incredible i think incredible as of today and it's also you know i feel like that happens with a lot of different art when depending on where you're at in your like emotional state throughout the day whatever like maybe it's shitty outside maybe it's nice outside so contextually whatever's happening in your life can form your opinion on whatever thing you're consuming at the time so today it is nice i'm in a good mood i took my dogs to the park i feel like today i'm definitely on the song is fine the song is fine (laughs) love singing about the apocalypse it's great so this was recorded in, we kind of went over this before. So again, see episode 66 for the full rundown of everyone that's on it. But obviously you can tell pretty simply the two different versions. They're recorded, the, the rock version, if you will, the one on the bootleg series, volume one through three, was recorded on February 19th, 1985. And on February 23rd, 1985. So four mm-hmm. days later, we've reverted to this disco mess right or just you know with disco dylan i don't really know I, I don't feel like i am equipped to talk about it 
um, the exasperation that we had back in Empire of Burlesque is still something that resonates well, with too me. too fresh for you? But I, I feel bad because I, I want to take it on its merits, right? I don't want to be just a dick about about it or lots of aspects of Dylan's life. So the whole point of this podcast is to open up your mind. I try my best. Um, but so they're recorded a couple of days between one another. And there's not really a radical shift. I mean, they're like lyrically, the songs are pretty much the same but it does notice any changes there there are well there are we're going to go over them and i think again it's bob dylan um choosing a worse version i mean Mm. he takes some of the great some great biting or great turns of phrases and he mellows them out into meaningless mush and that's what gets put on empire burlesque so we'll go over a couple of them Mm. and just kind of debate there's only about four or five instances but for the most part i miss them because i usually don't yeah well i think you'll when you hear them Mm. you'll you'll know but it's that's pretty much it. So if you want to hear the full rundown of all the people that are doing it, uh, we took great pains uh, to, to go through every track by track on Empire Burlesque. So go check out episode 66. But this song has been played 61 times total. Uh, February 5th, 1986 was the very first time. October 16th, 1987, the last time. Hmm. So we've never touched this since. Uh, in 87 was um, that Tom Petty tour. And this could have even been around. I mean, it was that summer with the with the Grateful Dead as well. So... Not great. Not great. <laughs> Not great. So Kelly, what is this song about? I mean, it's about the eve of the apocalypse, right? Or like we're the dawn of the apocalypse, the beginning of the end, if you will. If the apocalypse comes to beat me. Oh, what a great podcast. Um, yeah, I. it just seems like somebody who's trying to reconnect with a lost love before the world ends, which is pretty cool. And I think that's why I think the 80s thing is perfect because I think it's so beyond Thunderdome. Like it's very much a montage song. Like you can just see all these little disparate scenes of people like trying to get together before the end of the world. And, you know, you see the woman being all sad in the corner and then the hero coming back to, you know, like, no, the the zombies are coming or whatever. I got to go get her. Like, yeah, I'm sad and sorry or whatever. Come on. The world's ending. You know, what's really great is that the music video doesn't take that energy at all. A little. Doesn't pretend. I know we're going to wait to talk about it, but it's uh, jarring and awful. Yeah, because that would have been cool. A fun Mad Maxian. Yeah. Bob on a horse. I mean, he's never going to get on a horse, but. (laughs) I can't confirm he's ever been on a horse. (laughs) Now that I'm thinking about it, shit. I'm going to assume no. I'm going to assume yes. There's almost no way. There's no way the motherfucker hasn't been on a horse. Have you I been grew on up a horse? in Minnesota. Yeah, I've been on many horses. Oh, wow. Went to camp. We rode horses all the time. Hmm. My family owns horses. Well, my you know South Dakota family. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think that the song. I don't. I don't know what the song is about. But I, I like. Um, I like the thunderdominess that we mm-hmm. talked about it back then. Um, but I think it's definitely a park bench song. I think it's just like seeing visions, sitting down, and just kind of sketching. Like on a certain day, he's feeling a certain way, and he's just kind of riffing. And for what it's worth, the song remains the same, even though the versions are very different. I mean, we've talked about recently with like Tonight I'll Be Staying Here With You, where it's like 100% a different song. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't really go through those dramatic of changes, but they definitely have changes. And two of them I want to talk about are are pretty important, I think. One of them, and the reason why I like the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3, is that it's two fucking minutes shorter yeah, than Empire Burlesque. That, that thing pushes eight Minutes, 7.52, eight minutes. And especially when it's the, uh, I think it was the eighth track out of 10, you are done, (laughs) done. And so that's, that. I always think about that in terms of the whole Empire Burlesque experience, which makes the song unlistenable for me. But number two, 
is this idea of going from major to minor. Like mm. that whole thing is in minor key right? for Empire Burlesque. And, uh, and this one's in major. Um, and I think that that is incredibly interesting. Tony Atwood has a great um, article online about seeing about the placement of the major minor divide in terms of trying to understand the songs. Like just looking at the lyrics are not enough in this case, because I think you would kind of agree with that too, because you kind of see something in uh, the empire burlesque version, which probably combines a lot of elements that are repulsive to me, Mm. but you sort of welcome them in. But I think it is interesting because making it minor and having a major, it's they're very different. It's not like tonight I'll be saying here with you where they're both kind of, upbeat in their own different ways everything's like above board Mm -hmm. but this one's kind of like pretty dark yeah to tonally be darker too which yeah which really colors that that apocalyptic feel yeah so those are the those are the two major uh things but then i want to talk about the lyrical changes so like right off the bat um the very first lines are a little tiny bit different Mm. so in the empire burlesque we hear look out across the fields see me returning smoke is in your eyes you draw a smile and on the other version, the Bootleg series, the one from four days before, uh, you can look out across the fields, see me returning. Smoke gets in your eyes. You draw a smile. So instead of saying you can do these things, it is like y- y- smoke is getting in your eyes. Mm. Very subtle. Not that important of a thing, but it's still there. It's still very much a thing. Um, another uh, big difference, uh, a full um verse that's changed is Empire Burlesque there's a verse that says well Lake Series Volume 1 through 3 version, that very last line is, you'll know everything, my love, down below and up above, and turns it into, you'll know about it, love. It'll fit you like a glove. Yeah, I mean, is, that is worse. That when is you read it like that, that's, that's objectively bad. worse. And then, uh, Bullock Series Volume 3, there's a line, in your teardrops, I can see my own reflection. Luck was with me when I crossed the borderline. And then on the Empire Burlesque version, it's incredibly specific. In your teardrops, I can see my own reflection. It was on the northern border of Texas where I crossed the line. Yeah, that seems weird. Why are we throwing Texas in there? That had to go on my Texas playlist because he mentioned Texas. <laughs> so now if I'm ever driving around Texas, there is a chance I have to listen to this. You'll be driving along, having a good time, and you'll hear, do, 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 do. Hate it. Synth horn attack. A very subtle change uh, from the, his first version, uh, which is on the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3. For all eternity, I think I will remember that whirlpool of life that's in your eye. Love it. Changes it to, for all eternity, I think I will remember that icy wind that's howling in your eye. It's less. It's lesser. Yeah. And when you say howling wind, it just reminds me of that's not, that show that will not be named. And oh, sure. nobody wants that. Yeah. So whirlpools, let's talk about that. Icy winds, no. Out. And then a huge change, a complete change, actually, uh, is the verse uh, on the Bootleg Series, Volume 1 through 3. But I gave to you my heart with that intention, and suffering seemed to fit you like a glove, which is where he probably stole that and put it elsewhere. I'm so tired of those who use you for their own pleasure, who think they've got enough love for me, oh no. And then he changed that to, well, I sent you my feelings in a letter, but you were gambling for support, gambling again. 
this time tomorrow I'll know you better where my memory is not so short. Both are not great. <laughs> They're a little nonsense. Yeah. So beyond those differences though, full verses are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So it's really just a couple of random things. And obviously he brought up the idea of a glo- glove in one of them, moved the glove over, but took away the great, you'll know everything, my love down below and up above. Um, did you, you said you didn't really notice. I, yeah. I guess for like a, a, if you're just listening, I mean, yeah, I guess I wasn't super paying attention this week to it just because I don't know. It's hard to focus on this stuff. You kind of just got to let it wash over you sometimes when it's song you're not super into. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what it was. I will say this as an argument for empire burlesque, mm. while it is seven plus minutes long, nearly mm. eight minutes long, uh, which I hate yeah, on the face is, of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> brand. If you're going to say, uh, I feel like the other version is longer. Like mm. it was, way more boring for me to listen to so it's got the bruce springsteen vibe obviously it's got fan sand from sure. uh bruce springsteen the okay. history band so they're, they're playing with that as well which we kind of talked about on episode 66 but i don't know it doesn't feel longer you know why because it's not longer <laughs> just objectively in fact two minutes short it's not longer yeah I, I think that this is another one that's pretty primed like a lot of dylan songs where you can really read however you want to because Look out across the field, see me returning. I mean, on a horse. Let's talk about Jesus. I mean, honestly, I mean, that's really <laughs> what's happening here. I mean, yeah. when I read that thing about um, the major minor key, he was like, he was like, I like Clinton Highland, but I think he's completely wrong about this song because he is like, it's like watching Hamlet and having half of the stage obstructed from view. Hmm. Like you're not actually seeing enough so you're just kind of like going off these lyrics and honestly keeping the disco version only in your mind and you hate that so much that it's obscuring the merits of the song itself and Mm -hmm. i think that's a strong um that's something that i struggle with like when i hear this i want to throw up but that's not good criticism that's not that's not like dealing with the song and it's not it's not but it's just the feeling that I have. I mean, you have that feeling you've said towards like country music and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's like, I mean, there are always going to be genres that just, just like, like viscerally shut down, which yeah. isn't fair because you don't know right. and you'll never know unless you listen to them and engage with it. Um, so, so I've, I've been struggling with that as well. And I think that it's, it's fair to take some of the critics and toss the shit aside. Um, and it's also one thing too to, you know, we, we say it a lot that these songs are just whatever you want them to be. I mean, is this an apocalypse song? Sure. Is Jesus coming? Yeah, I think you could read that a little bit, uh, especially if you want to. There's a lot more of the overt apocalypse happening. But like when he says that I, I took your uh, from the what is it uh, from the fireplace where all my letters to you are burning. That's love. That's like love letters to me. Right. This oh, is yeah. all a relationship to me. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a, like a, somewhat of a mean song. And we've had um, Girl from the North Country, Boots of Spanish Leather. A lot of this stuff where we're talking about remembering your other the people that have been in your life, there's a lot of lines like that in here um, that that make me think about those songs. I mean, there's something like, I don't want to be your fool that's starving for affection. I don't want to drown in someone else's wine. Love it. That's such a great fucking line. And I think that's, that's a sentiment that anybody can understand. Like, I don't want to be in this relationship that is one-sided or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be involved in a different way like i don't know how that fits into jesus but i know how that fits into like a relationship you know which is the only way that i read it. i never read it as jesus well but... some people could say that you have a relationion with jesus right so mm, i guess they could say that yeah for me it's like we 
this this relationship ended this is like going back to an ex like i said and you did things that were wrong i did things that were wrong mm. and like we can both trade barbs but we don't have time for that because the world is ending which is my mm. favorite thing to go back to okay <laughs> i mean it all fits yeah. i mean honestly there's whirlpools there's wastelands but it's a wasteland of your mind it's not a wasteland of reality oh it's you know? a mental apocalypse well and there's icy winds and eyes sure. and whirlpools like right. I, I think it's all it's all metaphorical you know hearts w- with intentions and at the very end you know well this time i'm asking for my freedom freedom from the world which you deny and you'll take it to me now or or i'll take it anyhow when t- the night comes falling from the sky i love that ending that ending is so liberating i guess or it's accepting your Lord and Savior, oh. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, right? I mean, I don't know. Hmm. Is is that pure freedom to 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 be like homies with Jesus? I guess if you think that's freedom, or okay. freedom looks like something else. If it is just a metaphor, I mean, it's it the end of the metaphor. world. It is, um, but yeah, it could just be a relationship ending, right? Like you have a really big fight one night, like you've mm. you've gone back and forth, break up, make up. Well, they won't they, and then the night falling from the sky, meaning like. We've been fighting all night fucking long. And when the sun comes up, I'm gone. Like, yeah. could be that too. It could be like, just like a woman where he's standing out in the rain, just w- watching. But in his head, right. in Smoking his head, he's, when the night <laughs> comes falling. Like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. I, I cannot forgive the synth horns. They're the worst. The fanfare mm-hmm. horns. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, well, the, yeah. When it does the bam, bam, <laughs> bam, bam. That. Yeah, it's real bad. Like, just to emphasize, it's like horrible emphasis mm-hmm. on terrible 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 the rest of terrible. it is fine and even the, the backup singer is the woman that he was like involved mm. with right that Ooh, she was uh, in got, connection all the ones yeah right? just to run down for for that one in particular uh we got bob we got al cooper uh as well Stu kimball richard stevenson on synth so he's to blame this is the one with <laughs> shakespeare and dunbar uh robbie shakespeare and sly dunbar or i guess it was shakespeare and sly i forget they're playing drums uh, and then it's queen esther marrow deborah beard Deborah Bird and Carolyn Dennis on mm. backing vocals. So Carolyn okay. Dennis is who, who you're thinking of. Yeah. I just uh, picture Tina Turner. Yeah. Like, And when I watched the music video, I was surprised it wasn't her. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> In her full Mad Max getup. What a world. Mm-hmm. What a freaking world. And there you go. There's our connection. I know. That's what I'm saying. And it just didn't work. It never happened. I think it's totally fine. I really came around. I, I did not like it. But then, yeah. I mean, I like I like 80s terrible synth pop and this yeah. is a solid 80s pop song it, like it really is yeah i well, think in the choruses it's not so bad they definitely chorify chorus affies it is that a word when the night comes falling apart yeah yeah that. when the night mm-hmm. comes falling yeah yeah no they definitely go for it where the other one does not it doesn't do the the chorus element which i did actually like but again you tacked on two minutes that's a little so long that's Little why it couldn't ever be much. an actual hit, Bobby. Fucked it up. I know. Made it too long. Well, Got to radio edit this shit. As we said on episode 66, I mean, this was, this was, he wanted to make a Madonna and a Prince record. He wanted to make a big fucking 80s record and he fucking failed because it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to go listen to the ire of, of both of us, honestly, as Kelly comes around on every one of these. I will. Burlesque, Sarah. Um, <laughs> We're just, you know, <laughs> we'll always preserve this moment where mm-hmm. we both hated this equally. And it was better times for yeah. it. Oh, plus the uh, bootleg version starts with like that Guns N' Roses ballad vibe, which I fucking mm-hmm. hate. Yeah. Like, let's set the tone to be bored out of your mind. <laughs> cool. Again, so 80s. So mm-hmm. 80s. You, you can't be mad at that. 
you're mad at that, then you got to be mad at the sense. Oh, the bootleg one does have a like the bridge is like a very cars esque yeah. car riff, so I do enjoy uh, well, that. And that's the E Street. I mean, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I think all the guitar work is excellent. Whereas it's so muted to almost not exist on uh, burlesque. I mean, it's just a mess of noise. Oh, I can't wait to talk about the video. I just see them pointing their guitars. Bam! <laughs> oh my god, Jesus Christ! <laughs> So Kelly, does this song work in 2019 or is it just basically a time capsule of a very particular moment? Yeah, I think there's no way to get around. I think both versions. So, oh, when I was looking up stuff about this song to do whatever I was doing throughout the week, came across Jeff Healy. Oh, Jeff Healy. Yeah. So because everybody like when I went to go watch the music video, I just kept saying Jeff Healy when the night comes falling from the sky. So I was like, wait, what? So I want to check this out. And that came out in 89 for the movie Roadhouse. So he covered this song. And I, right. it is so fucking similar. I will tell you this. I like his voice much better because he is a better singer than Bob Dylan. But I like Bob's like because he sounds so crazed that it really adds to the drama in my head of the the, apoc- uh, the apocalyptic scene. So while Jeff's voice is more pleasing, Bob's, I think, is more appropriate. Yes. For the song. That's fair. I will never go down the arguments of, of better singers or not. And it's kind of that mix between the two. You... When you were describing it to me before I had listened to it or like it only listened for a minute, we both heard it differently. Like you were hearing it as the Empire Burlesque version. I was 100% hearing it as the bootleg version. Yeah, that was really funny. Because it's more rock and roll. It is. It's a rocker, rock But it's song. got the bongos. I think that's what really stuck me because like that's the same fucking bongo And it's got beat. the slower tempo mm-hmm. too, even though the song is shorter than all of them. So he must be cutting out verses. I yeah. listened to it once just in passing. It was not, it's not great. The ones that are there are the exact same. Like, it is a very similar song. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is it is exactly the song. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wonder if he had actually heard the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3 version. When did this, when was this recorded? Oh, 89 was the Roadhouse soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So it would have been at least before 89. The Bootleg Series 1 through 3 didn't come out until 91. Yeah. So unless it's dude's bootlegging, When the Night Comes Falling from the Sky, before to rip it off. Um, it's pretty prescient because it's reading the song as a rocking song before anyone's even heard the version Bob actually did with the E Street Band. so Which is funny that they would have similar, like, altered versions of the same song. Yeah. In the end. But in the end, if you make music like this, I don't know, you can listen to, you can listen to Empire Burlesque and see the rock, the generic rock oh, sure. version pretty easily, right? I mean, you might have some cool flourishes you might not be able to perfect. And even even on this, they do have some flourishes that actually sound like stuff that happened in the bootleg series volume three, mm. uh, which is weird because again, in theory, they've never heard this. So it's funny that they would make the same flourishes as, as if the song is out there in the world and only Cylons can hear it. I know. I think about that shit all the time. We what if it is actually Bells when the night comes again. falling from the sky I mean, and not maybe shit. all along the watchtower? Christ. Uh, no, I will say this is um, this is it's got a, enough cool lines in it that you you can say like this is another prime uh, example of like especially Bob Dylan in the 80s. But there's always the 80s caveat. This is not in his pantheon of great songs, but I think it's a great song of the 80s because there's not a lot of them. And this is one that's ambitious for what it's work for what it's worth. And um, yeah, well, does it does it work today as the Empire Burlesque version or even the other version? No, this is very dated. I mean, we've talked about it that is. so many times where when you put in the synths, you're automatically casting back to the Because they're synth pop today, right? They're, mm-hmm. I mean, the electronic in, in electrindy, indie tronica, whatever. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel dated. And maybe it will. I mean, that's kind of funny. Maybe it will in 20 years feel really awkward to listen to stuff today that 
sounds just kind of normal. Well, puppy, like it's a perfect uh, little segue into our playlist uh, this week because churches is a prime example of pr- that. Prime example, and that's why I, that was the first song I put on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I led with the Bootleg Series Volume Three just because I I need to start on a high <laughs> before I come down. But it would have been more apropos to switch them because churches was. I mean, I'm glad they came up mm-hmm. because there's no way they're not going to make it on there because they are. And so I encourage anybody, if they want to go listen to the playlist, um, this is a great way to determine for yourself if it works in 2019 because you're listening to songs from artists and, and bands that do have cachet, but we put them in the playlist for you to, to determine. Um, welcome back to the play, playlist, Churches, Brian Fallon, Say Anything, Charlie Crockett, and Creedence Clearwater Revival. Welcome to ton of people wings for the first time hmm. unknown mortal orchestra oh, fucking yeah. great great song bleached new album coming out soon yeah probably out now i don't know where we are in time <laughs> uh, uh david bazan who's from pedro the lion broods paint it black the jam doppelganger uh tk and alice coltrane and oh that coltrane song is beautiful alice yeah. coltrane's like oh my god she so recorded good. that right after john Coltrane died. Mm. Alice Coltrane is his, was his wife, and um, she claims, or you know, says that his spirit was. She she had to let it out into the world because after mm. he passed away, it's incredible. Yeah. record. I mean, oh my god, so good. So I'm glad I could put that on there at some point. And the cover, of course, the Jeff Healy band. Which skip it. <laughs> so the playlist though was fantastic. That Mortal Orchestra. Yeah, I know Mortal so Orchestra. So uh, Multi Love was their really big song a couple of years ago. But, I mean, I might have heard it, but I couldn't. Yeah, I kind of forgot all about them. That It's good. Yeah, really, really in, enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, and if you want to listen to our playlist, you can go to Spotify and search See That My Playlist Is Kept Clean if you want to keep up to date with us. Otherwise, if you're in the future or in the past somehow and you just want to mm. hear what was their playlist like for this beautiful, amazing song when the night comes along from the sky, you can just go ahead and type that in a, to Spotify there. It'll bring up our playlist. Yeah. Well, it'll bring up some other shit too. I guess Bob Dylan's playlist. Just pop in the SOTW That's tag important. in there and you'll you'll get it. It'll be their first hit. So mm-hmm. yeah, we catalog every single playlist for every single episode we do. It's got a new, a nice little logo. You're going to be able to tell that you're in Sign on the Window World. So don't worry. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, follow us there and follow us at Twitter, Instagram, everywhere at SOTW Pod and SOTWPod.com. Your number one source for Bob Dylan anything. Yeah. Not Bob no, Notorious a bunch of liars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelly, we are also people in the world this week. It is not 1985. What were we doing this week in the world? Um, I went to a little show. Ooh. Uh, my girlfriend has a friend who's in a band. Oh, and I, I think doom metal. I don't know genres about stuff. It's like a slow, slow grinding That's gonna be sludge type of metal. metal. Sludge, sure. Where the guy's just like... Blow, blow, no, see, blow the whole time. Doom metal is fast and oh, yeah, no, no. scary. Very slow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, then the opposite of doom metal. The opposite of doom metal. Okay. But like on a spectrum, I was trying to 
pin it down. It's not stained. It's no. not. It's there's there's an edge to it. Sure. Yeah. yeah like it's definitely metal. Metal. Right. What kind it is? I'm not sure. True. I want to say liquid. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, and that band is called Chronoclops, a little Portland local band. They're really, really good, and, and her friend is, is it's really great at guitar, and yeah. it's, it's really fun to watch them play. Well, I think anybody would not object to having, being being said that they're great at guitar. Yeah. Chronoclops, if you, if I don't know, they don't exist yet on Spotify. They're coming out with a record soon, I'm well, sure. Well, if we'll they have a there. website or something, yeah. or Bandcamp, like, I'll link it. But they had a band open for them at this particular show that's from Seattle mm. called Stereo Creeps. And they were really fun. They are definitely more of a straightforward like rock band. Like yeah. playing some like party songs and got some little punk vibes. Too, yeah, like they they kind of dance hop around. punk type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Good. But uh, they're really good, and I bought all their shoes. <laughs> As I want to do. Good Omens. It was only six episodes. Oh long. wow! Yeah, it was pretty good. How was John Hamm? Weird. Okay. He had purple eyes. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, the the single worst part of the show was at one point there is a background character who is reading the book American Gods, oh. and I'm not a fan of those kind of masturbatory displays. I think that's really gross. Yeah. Uh, but th- considering that, was uh, considering the worst that's thing. also a show that's like I think currently still, still on. on. Yeah. Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. Come on really bad yeah, so come on bro that really um, but it, it was good it was beautiful like okay. it looked really good and oh cool it's fun concept I don't know. already added it to my list of i've read the book so i i will watch this well, i famously don't read thousand years so i did not read the book but yeah it was Very good. that's it good omens stereo creeps chrono clops chrono perfect <laughs> I want to recommend a couple of things. Uh, this was the 4th of July weekend. Um, I want to recommend an alternative to chill hop. Have you heard of jazz? Have you heard of jazz? <laughs> now, you would actually like this. You would like this because this is not um, that newfangled, you know, 40s bop stuff. Oh, I fucking hate. No. This is not that because it's tough. You want to, like, engage with that. Not you. You want to run away from it. I want it. cool but, jazz only. Yeah, but this is even let. There's no cool. The, the cool jazz hasn't been invented yet. Uh, this is the 20s. This is 20s jazz. Oh, nice. That's, oh, yeah. So this That's is like Dixieland stuff. So, yeah, I, I was listening to, I was going through my list. Um, I built it up at the beginning of this year, and I was just like, I just need something to listen to. And Louis Armstrong is a great, great, like, in between because there's so much on Spotify, and you can just kind of, like, work and listen. But I started listening to a guy called Bix Biederbeck. And he is he's really famous for uh, for being a white guy, like going to, you know, New Orleans and like going to black cities to play back in the 1910s, 1920s. And he became really like big, like people loved him. And then I think he killed himself. I think he was was a troubled guy, like his family disowned him and everything because he was like not they didn't want him doing living this lifestyle. Mm. Um, So but he has this little collection online um, and while I was listening to that, it ended. And then I just started getting all of these artists that I kind of tangentially heard, like King Oliver, Fletcher Henderson, Sidney Bechet, Jelly Roll. I, mm-hmm. I listened to the whole everything Jelly Roll Martin put out, um, which was incredible. Roy Eldridge, Cap Calloway, uh, Chick Webb at the Savoy, like awesome. And it was just it's just really nice. 
I don't know what chill hop does to your brain. Maybe I'll, I'll need to get to that. But for me, it's either like atmospheric sludge metal or it's like the 1920s yeah. in a, you know, smoky bar room. But that's the way I'm to very do that. work. Yeah. music is almost a hundred fucking years old right. like that's wild yeah. and it made me think in 2020 2120 what are people going to be listening to in 2120 i mean we're going to be fucking dead I mean, we yeah. will be dead everyone will probably be dead More but than likely but i mean are people going to be like let me get that gentle beats with a z at the end like let me right that'll like, be the like, old timey and then yeah. like and then what is this then like is this like mozart you know like it will people be. still love it but like clearly the you know because i when i think of classical music i'm thinking like you had to get into that as like a kid right like being brought into it because nobody like chooses you that. had some parents that were super into that right exactly <laughs> yeah but it's like niche at least to me i'm sure there's tons of people that's that like the it. one genre that i've never i mean i purposely avoided pop country but it has invaded my life because i'm an american true uh but and also music scores for tv well, sure. i mean someone's doing it right well that's what i'm saying like i, I there's got to be somebody out there and that's why i really like oliver arnold's because he's a modern composer that taps yeah. into that thing where it's it's certainly you could throw it into classical music but it's it like it feels it has that yeah. sense of modernity to it that's way more accessible and i guess my number two recommendation the last thing that i listened to just today but is it been a constant for my life is somebody who did have and has composed stuff he's composed things for ballet he's composed things for the brooklyn queens expressway um sufjan stevens um who is a composer himself i mean you listen to illinois you listen to uh, michigan i mean it's gorgeous not only his songs but also the the instrumental compositions that sort of stitch it all together well i never thought of taking illinois it's probably his most famous record uh which came out on july 4th 2005 it is officially 14 years old happy birthday we just passed the holiday and uh and an album of outtakes from that album called the avalanche and i never thought of putting them together like taking the outtakes from the 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 compilation the avalanche which are outtakes from illinois and illinois and just putting them together and so there was this great um r sufjan on reddit it exists had no idea and there's a guy out there with like a really thoughtful I, talking about mirrors, like two songs mirroring one another and why he chose to put things in certain spots. And so I just listened to his version of it and listened to Illinois with the avalanche in together. It's about, you know, two and a half hours. It's a long record altogether, but fuck, it's good. Yeah. So I recommend if you uh, haven't listened to Illinois in a long time or don't listen to avalanche a lot, combine them on Spotify and just fucking enjoy it. So. <laughs>
Um, All right, Kelly, the night has fallen from the sky, as they say. This is the part of the episode where you pick next week's music video. I mean, hopefully. And if not, whatever. Maybe you'll pick an episode that we'll do some other time. I don't know. You know the Peanuts comic where Charlie Brown gets frustrated because Lucy just constantly pulls up the football every time he goes to kick it. And she's like, no, I promise you. Totes. I'm not going to pull the football up this time. Yeah, that's not. And I feel like that's what you're doing to me. It's another football for me to kick. What's yeah. the point? I mean, it's true. You could just opt out, pick zero or something. You know, I mean, what? Ooh, is what there? Would, there's no zero, right? Because the rows start on one. What would zero even look like? I mean, love minus zero. What hey, is it? No limit. No limit. Hey, hey, you know that song. I got spoiled. You did. Okay, 167. Let's just get this over with. 167. Okay, 167 is going to give you another album. You keep picking albums. I'm just good like that. Um. This uh, this album, God, I just want to, I don't know, I don't remember what year it was released, but I remember who they beat for album of the year Grammy. Um, I believe it was like Radio Body or something like that. Oh my know. gosh. Um, Time Out of Mind. We could have listened to 1997's Time Out of Mind, at Grammy winning because the Grammys matter and <laughs> oh, album of the year. What matters is the Grammys losers. Radiohead. Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we could have talked about Radiohead. It would have been an amazing, yeah. amazing time. But instead of Too talking bad. about Radiohead, we instead, shocker, we are actually going to do a song from Time Out of Mind. Well, hey. Called Not Dark Yet. Oh. 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 Okay. I mean, I don't know what that means. So join us next week for <laughs> Not Dark Yet off of 1997's Time Out of Mind. We could have listened to the whole album if Kelly had done better what are I the guessing. odds of that but we're gonna watch a video of bob performing a song i mean that's kind of like i want and considering what you did to me last week i think that i deserve this win what do i, I get may we never put this you know what i yeah. need to actually make this that's true show. let's think about that what do you get we'll come back with that answer at some other time folks we'll see you next week for not dark yet uh enjoy the music video for when the night comes falling from the sky hilarious okay see bye you next week. This is a song from the 80s, the decade which it currently is.